0: Doobity doo doo, do, boo doo, boo doo, skippy doo, and doo doo. But I do. do, 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 do ba-da! uh, nice. I like the Trevolo. <laughs> Hello and welcome to World 1 Stage 1. I'm Simon. I'm Mike. And I'm Troy. Hi. And Troy, you're going to be leading this episode. I know! I'm, I'm as worried as anybody else, because generally speaking, sit. anything in which I'm put into a leading role uh, crashes and burns horribly. So, it'll be interesting to see how this one pans out. And it has to be said, Jack has set a high standard for you to follow. No? Did he really...? The Zelda episode was much appreciated. Yeah. As I ah, will now demonstrate. Ah, ah, but are you now going to demonstrate that the Zelda episode was well-received prese- well because it was well done, or because so many people wanted us to do a Zelda episode? Admittedly, a lot of people did want us to do a Zelda episode. Everybody's wanted us to do this episode for a long time, too. They just didn't know it yet. Is that your story? Yeah. And you're sticking to it? Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you're riffing because Gmail isn't loading. Oh, that's that's cool. Oh, no. It's quite telling, though. The quality of this game is also enough to get me over my position in the console wars. I was bipartisan at the release of this game. <laughs> that's true. It was a Nintendo exclusive.
1: And I was five. Oh,
0: <laughs> dude. I said you hadn't even heard of trucks. I'd learnt
1: to say truck.
0: <laughs> Had you? <laughs> What else did you learn to say, Mike? We've established this earlier.
1: You're actually going to make me do this? Yeah, what was was your
0: first word? Right. The story goes... No, don't cushion it with a nice story. (laughs) My first word was dick. And nothing much has changed.
1: What was the context of your first word, Mike? I pointed at someone and shouted dick. (laughs) (laughs) That was my first word. It was in a shop, wasn't it? In a shop. In the company of your mother. In the company of my mother, my grandmother, my grandfather. I don't know if my dad was there. My auntie was there. And I pointed at someone and shouted at Dick. (laughs) Rather loudly. And uh, there we go. Hooray.
0: I think that was about the best possible result that anyone could have hoped for. Apparently after that, I didn't speak for a week. (laughs) Had you felt you'd reached the pinnacle of speech? And decided, no, I don't need to do it anymore.
1: Apparently, I looked like somebody had just slapped me in the face, and I screwed my mouth sh- as tight shut as it could, and just wouldn't speak.
0: I can't imagine a situation in which you're not speaking.
1: That's not true. You're a large, silent thing. Hasn't anyone downloaded the Digital Age episode? <laughs> that <laughs> is a situation you know I don't in which Mike much. wasn't speaking. That was. Yeah. I was rather quiet.
0: But yes, thank you for padding for time. I've managed to get Gmail open. Hooray! So first of all, a non-Zedler-related bit of listener feedback. Yay! This comes from... I, I really hope I'm I'm not just assuming this is the pronunciation because of Lord of the Rings, but Eoin? Uh, that seems like it would be right in most cases. E-O-I-N, Eoin. Oh, um... Oh, shit. E-O-I-N, yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, no, there is a... G- I used to know how to pronounce it. It's like a ween or something like that. Ween? It might be. We'll go with that. Please Let's not. let us know <laughs> if we're right or not, which we're probably not. We're always I'm really we're nervous. Always. I always fine. feel bad when I mispronounce someone's name. Yeah, I know. It's a horrible feeling. Yeah. So, why I apologies don't to is. someone. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Having the have Having flailed over that, let's move on to the content of the letter, which thankfully I can pronounce most of, I think. Okay. How are you, gentlemen? Long-time <laughs> listener. <laughs> All your base have belong to us. <laughs> well, it's actually a long-standing thing since before you joined us that I have asked the listeners to address email to us with. How are you, gentlemen? I wasn't aware of that, and now I am, and I'm <laughs> happy. Yep. Long-time listener, first time. Firstly, uh, I, I assume first-time writer. Firstly, I just want to say that I love the podcast. Please don't ever change.
1: Okay, done. Mike is a significant change, though. Yeah, but yeah, but I haven't significantly changed. All right, that okay. is true. I have gone from talking over you on my headphones to talking over you with a microphone in front of me. <laughs> so, Secondly, that's
0: it. you'll get your steam tan when I get my Final Fantasy VII episode. Right. What we're we doing? Should next we quickly week? do that episode now? No. 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 I... This is a deal I made rashly. Right. But it was a deal I made with Jack, so Jack has to be here for the deal to complete. Uh, And it might never happen. Why? uh, Because I hate Final Fantasy VII. With a passion. Okay. I tried to play it for the purpose of this show. (laughs) and, And even my dedication to World 1 Stage 1 couldn't get me beyond... The first few levels... oh, It's painful to play Final Fantasy VII. Anyway.
1: I'll do it. Me and Jack love it.
0: Well, maybe I'll sit back and let you guys do a show. Cool. It might happen. It would be a mistake. <laughs> the world will live up. And finally, I was posed an interesting question the other day, and I'd like to hear your opinions on the matter. What three Pokémon attacks best describe you during sex? For example, uh. Harden, Charge Beam, Water Cannon. <laughs> right. right. Once again, I love the show. It's helping me to get through my long hours of coding assignments. Okay. Hey, code so we're, we're glad to help. And code assignments, awesome. Keep them up. Code monkeys are cool. I've got to think about this. It's been a long time. Hang on. Since I played Pokemon. <laughs> I, yeah. No, come on. Right. It's obvious. Splash attack. Splash attack. Splash attack doesn't have any effect. <laughs> Magic Cup got confused. This is... This is a... This is a question to which more thought is going, but I think <laughs> it, it really merits. <laughs> but I'm thinking... Double slap. Confuse Ray. Ah, <laughs> oh, you took confuse Ray. That was uh, my bit. Oh, uh, it's okay. Double <laughs> slap. Confuse Ray. And... I don't know. I don't know. Splash attack. Let's roll with that. See, I was gonna go with confuse ray tackle pound.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh uh. I I'm gonna have to veto.
0: <laughs> Come on, Mike. Yeah. Or we'll assume it's splash attack. You're gonna give us something to work with here. And dude. that you hurt yourself in your confusion. <laughs>
1: It only happened once.
0: (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) That's a story for a different podcast. So yes, there you go. There's possibly a fuller answer than you were expecting. Uh, But thank you so much for the letter. (laughs) (laughs) Proof that you can write to us with just about any question, and we will have a go. We'll try our very darndest. As well as the letter, we've also had our first audio comment from Ari, a.k.a. Kipriath. Ooh, who Yay. was one of the more vocal uh, supporters of the idea of a Zelda show. Right. So let's. I'm see sorry what... to have disappointed with the Zedler episode. <laughs> <laughs> let's see what she made of Zedler.
2: Hi, uh, World One Stage One. This is Eri uh, Kiprieth on the forums and Twitter. Um, first of all, can I just say I am utterly delighted to see you guys finally did Zedla, um, considering this is really the only game I know enough about to demand an episode of. Um, I just finished playing through Twilight Princess about a month ago, and uh, I have to say, it I like it better than Ocarina of Time. Actually, uh, there is absolutely nothing wrong with Ocarina. It is a phenomenal game. I loved it when I played it. But I think Twilight Princess is a little better. And I was kind of disappointed to see you guys uh, just essentially gloss over it. And I, I guess you haven't played it to a great extent, considering only one of you is that big of a Zelda nerd. Um... But I hope that once Jack has finished his uh, playthrough of the entire Hyrule universe, uh, there will be uh, installations of Zelda blathering uh, and you will eventually get through Twilight Princess. I was looking forward to hearing, you know, the the Goron-style rant, but of things in Twilight Princess, because I actually have only played Ocarina and Twilight Princess so far. Um, I'm going to get my hands on Wind Waker, although I'm not looking forward to it because the art style is not really what i'm interested in but i will play it because it's zelda and i have a gamecube and that that really is it and i'm very excited for skyward sword and i will purchase myself a wii between now and then just so i can play it um okay so the thing about uh grappling hooks you need to play twilight princess you really do because there is an item in twilight princess called the double claw shot like at first you get a claw shot and then you get a double claw shot, which means you can claw shot to one thing. And while you're hanging on to that one thing, you can claw shot to another thing. And you can essentially swing from thing to thing with your double claw shots. And it's amazing. And I totally understand your obsession with grappling hooks because the double claw shots are amazing. And they're the, the hook shot and the claw shot and the double claw shot are among my favorite Legend of Zelda items. Also, um, on the subject of Wolf Link... In uh, Twilight Princess, it's uh, part of the plot that you get turned into a wolf at some point. This is not a big spoiler, because everyone knows there's a wolf in Twilight Princess, and it's fairly early on in the story. And I'm not going to spoil very much, because it's a very, very fun story. But as a wolf, uh, Link has several abilities available to him that he can't do as a human. And it serves both as a a sort of another piece of equipment in his Enormous arsenal. By the time, <laughs> enormous arsenal. Um, by the time you get to the end of the game, uh, Link's inventory is massive, and you have a lot of items. Um, and you can transform into a wolf at will, and you can't get through a lot of uh, quests in the game without actually utilizing your skills as a wolf. And it's a lot of fun to play as a wolf. It brings a lot more to the game, and it's not just a silly gimmick. Um, that's uh, I think I'm going to stop there because I could probably go on and on forever about Twilight Princess considering I just finished playing through the entire game and I've just started a new file so I can play through the entire game again, um, but this time without the aid of uh, any internet help, which I admit I have used the first time around. Um, anyway, thanks for the episode. It was a lot of fun to listen to, especially the rants um and keep on keeping on i look forward to hearing about jack's adventures in hylia bye guys
0: well thank you so much for that ari that was awesome that right. was pretty cool that represents a significant leap in uh, the technological level of our usual feedback that's really cool we are now a proper community podcast with feedback by audio it's
1: awesome yeah <laughs> i I've got a Wii. I've played Twilight Princess on the Wii. So I've got I a Wii. You I have.
0: See, I'll confess. The reason why we kind of glossed over Twilight Princess was mostly because it's not really a classic or a retro game at the moment. It is a bit. And recent. None of you have yeah. played it. While we did do a Mass Effect <laughs> show, we felt that kind of that's already that's cult status. That's classic as it stands. Whereas Twilight Princess is yet another of in a series. Well, of- I have a feeling that fans of That particular branch of the Zelda franchise will disagree with us if we dare to say it's not an instant classic. True, it is. But but my my personal opinion, I I don't think it's a classic yet. Yeah, we can only buy into the franchise for that. We can only talk from our own standards. Hmm. And Jack was leading. Yeah, blame Jack. Uh, I haven't played it. I haven't played it. So it was down to Jack. But I have to admit, double claw shot. Does sound kind of awesome. Yeah, double
1: that's... claw shot all the way! <laughs> on the Wii. It's so fun. It's like you take your normal claw shot, then you flail that shit, and you get two claw shots. <laughs> Wait, what?
0: Okay, don't explain Wii. this to me anymore. No, don't. No. But
1: on the subject of
0: double grappling hooks, Ari, you need to play Just Cause 2. You do. Why is that, Troy? Well, basically, you take yourself, and you, you hook yourself to a thing... And then you decide that that thing's not travelling fast enough, so you hook that thing to a moving vehicle, and thing I mean person, and then that person gets dragged away down the street. Then you hook the car to the helicopter overhead, and, oh my word, or you just hook a car that's chasing you onto, let's say, a lamppost. So essentially there are lots of grappling hooks. Moves in Just Cause Two. Oh, malarkey is the only. And what's the best way to survive a fall from thirty thousand feet? It's a, it's incredible. Actually, this is this is something that you might not have suspected. Uh, based on this is a game physics. where your starting inventory includes a parachute. Yeah. So, what's the best way to save yourself if you happen to fall tens of thousands of feet? tens of thousands of feet? Okay, you you, you hit terminal velocity. Okay, you rocket towards <laughs> the ground as fast as it's possible for yep. a human being to go. Yep. You wait till about thirty feet. <laughs> okay. You then fire your hook shot at the ground. I like that it's now a hook shot. Go on. Yep. <laughs> I'm playing to the crowd. You fire it at the ground and then you pull yourself towards the ground for slightly a controlled faster. descent. Yeah. So by increasing slightly from terminal velocity, you make a nice perfectly safe touchdown. It's it's all about control. <laughs> or it's a glitch. One I, of the best things. I glitches think it's pretty ever. cool. It is pretty cool, but it is a glitch. So, uh, yeah, listener feedback for this week. Yay. Cool. We are greatly appreciative. People, send us more like that. That was awesome. I still want Steam Tan. I still want Steam Tan, but if the price is a Final Fantasy Seven episode, the price is too high. <laughs> At what cost? We'll maybe see if we can get someone to do it for a lower price, like, uh, I don't know, may- maybe uh, what's another game I hate but hate less than Final Fantasy Seven? Well, any game is a game I hate less than Final Fantasy Seven. You're thinking too hard about this. Should we do this week's game? Let's do this week's (laughs) show. (laughs) Troy, lead us in. Good, because we've managed to not say the title of the episode yet. It's in the title of the show. I know it is, but I like maintaining the illusion that... So do I. (laughs) I know. Wait, I I saw Simply Syndicated Radio on the website recently. Yeah. Does that play shows or does that play live stuff? It plays uh, both. It's shows, the most recent episode of each show, and live stuff. So... People might not have heard this show for the first time with a title attached. That's true. Golden Eye. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to wait and see if somebody thought their connection had frozen. That's no,
1: no,
0: no. <laughs> some elaborate dicking about right there. Okay. Uh today no, don't hide my notes. <laughs>
1: Basically, there's nothing without his.
0: Jack words. was better prepared than this. Uh, and he, he wrote down one page of Zedler Notes. I've got Wikipedia. On my TV? Uh, yeah, well, it's a universal tool. Uh, and my own warm recollections of GoldenEye. Because, Mike. Well, GoldenEye.
1: Uh, Golden was released. <laughs> Shut the hell up! I had to consult my notes and I'm blind! <laughs> Listeners will have missed Troy leaning away from the microphone several feet towards the television <laughs> to try and read the date it was released. Because whilst I have a big screen TV, it's not big enough. Okay. So, got. Oh, thank you! That's yeah,
0: really. how not stop worked. that. Scroll down. Okay. Golden I Would you eat a dick? <laughs> you asked me to scroll down. You <laughs> scrolled down. And then you made it smaller. Right, Goldeneye was released in 1997. It follows two years on from the release of the film, Goldeneye, which some credit with kind of revitalizing the James Bond franchise. Um, I personally, as a film, I mean, what do you... Because Goldeneye, it follows the film quite closely. What was your impression of the movie? It was one of the last films in the Bond franchise I enjoyed. Yeah. I wouldn't say it revitalised it, but it did maybe help it stumble its last few steps before (laughs) collapsing in a bloody mess. It was the first Bond film I
1: watched. Well, that I remember watching anyway. Probably looked at one when I was two or something.
0: See, I always thought it followed the pastiche a little too closely. You had your Russians. You yeah. had your orbital space laser. However, the Russians you had were awesome Russians. That's true. You had both. Is Goldeneye not the one with both on a top and Mr. Invincible? Yep. Yes. Or oh, Boris wasn't awesome. Perfect Russians. No. Yes. Yes. <sighs> okay, but I digress. Goldeneye as a film pretty much starts with Bond busting up a place with his gun and goes out with him... Well, spoiler alert, destroying an entire radio telescope facility. Ever so slightly. Ever so slightly. So it's not what I would consider a traditional Bond. However, in that regard, GoldenEye 007, the game on the N64, follows it really closely and as a game works. And the thing that really worked about it was that it followed the plot of the movie the whole way through. Uh, to the point where I'd not seen... Uh, Goldeneye, before playing the game, played all the way through it, played the campaign, and the information of the plot of the game itself, the plot of the movie, sorry, is introduced to you both in-game, through character interactions and on-screen dialogue, and what have you, and dossiers, which uh, begin each mission. Kind of a, a very James Bond style of, this is what you need to go and do, go and get it done, complete with little paper yeah. clips and stuff in the corners. Mm-hmm. And through that, I actually watched Goldeneye and was a little bit bored because I knew what was coming. (laughs) Uh, Except for a couple like The Tank Chase through the streets of Moscow. Oh, Uh, that's in Goldeneye as well. Yeah, no, it was one of the last good Bond films in my opinion. It had quite a lot of moments. Um, But it was a game which just did so many things right. Um, Because, I mean, a lot of people will immediately hear Goldeneye and remember their favourite moments of multiplayer. Because Mm. as far as four-screen... 4 split-screen multiplayer games, I don't think there's anything else on the N64 that immediately stands out in people's minds. Ah, well, yeah, you've cut me off there by saying on the N64. True, true. But in terms of four-player split-screen multiplayer games, this or Time Crisis, I think, would cause interesting debates. Sorry, not Time Crisis, Time Splitters. Yeah. Time Crisis is a very different kind of game. I am trying to kind like of be specific crisis. for the sake of avoiding debate. Not because I don't think there is a debate there, but because it's not hugely relevant. But yeah, Goldeneye, well, it was published by a group called Rare. Uh, and developed. developed by Yeah, Rare. developed by a group called Rare, sorry. It published by Nintendo. It's a Nintendo game. Hush. It's confusing how this works. But it was developed by a group called Rare. And it was their first game... Are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure about that. Scroll down. Check my notes. I'm not convinced. Because I know the recent developers of James Bond Bloodstone, which is the latest one, uh, out and available on Steam also, uh, (laughs) those guys have done three other games, I think, to their credit. Mm -hmm. They started on the ZX Spectrum and the Commodore 64. So, Rares... Release history. Okay. Starts in 1983. Okay, I stand corrected. <laughs> so, yeah, that's. They had they had a few out before God Where did you hear that then? I don't know. I'm, okay. For but... example, Battletoads.
1: Was Battletoads oh, rare?
0: Wow! <laughs> yep. What else? Is Come on then, because. Oh, All wow. right. <clears throat> They've actually made a lot of well known and very good games. Like I say, it starts way back in 1983 with anyone who owned a ZX Spectrum will probably remember Jetpack, which was an awesome game, and that was their first game. Uh, Also, games of note, they did the original NES uh, WrestleMania game, (laughs) Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit tie-in for the NES, they've also done uh, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy games. Woo. Which not necessarily that exciting. One called Time Lord, which I doubt had anything to do with Doctor Who. Tragically. Battle Toads. Beetlejuice. Um, more Battle Toads. Huh. All right, so I, I stand Kong corrected. Donkey Kong Country. But uh, for good reason. Donkey and Kong Land. And then we start to get into the era of Goldeneye. Okay. We well, I suppose lasers. that does kind of. Uh, That does give us an idea of pedigree. Mm, Where that's come from. I swear I'd read somewhere that it was their first game. I must just have been mistaken. Um, But no, it is a first-person shooter uh, where you take on the titular role of 007, Mr. James Bond. And you're basically chasing down the secrets of the GoldenEye Project, which is this giant orbital death laser. In the greatest tradition of James Bond... And some bad guys are going to use it to take over the world. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Properly tragic. Which is a slightly better plot than uh, Quantum of Solace, in which Bond was attempting to, as far as I can understand it, prevent the perfectly legal hostile takeover of the water provider for... Was it Belarus or something like it that? It doesn't matter. Who was going to Venezuela marginally increase somewhere. the per unit cost of drinking water in the country. Villainy. Yeah. Yeah, at least there were At least there were Russians and a laser in Goldeneye. Yeah, and uh, uh, an attack helicopter. And an attack helicopter? A prototype attack helicopter. Ooh. Oh yeah, you have to fight that at some point. But before we kind of get on to the multiplayer... Because that's what everybody most fondly remembers about GoldenEye. It's, we're kind of, in a way, redoing the Halo episode here, in that it, it did a lot for the genre on consoles. Oh, yeah. Uh, and is most fondly remembered for having awesome multiplayer. But the single-player experience was epic. Um, I just had to do that, because in Halo we um, drew comparisons with GoldenEye. So, in the GoldenEye episode, I'm going to draw comparisons Verses with Halo. Halo. Halo's <laughs> Halo. <laughs> In reverse... But yeah, uh, I mean, GoldenEye is largely regarded as one of the best shooters of all time. I believe it was recently IGN's number five on the Top 100 list. One of the best console shooters of all time. No, one of the best shooters. Really? Yep. That surprises me. Uh, It wouldn't make my list. Well, fair enough. But, you know, IGN has a history of being wrong on occasion. That is true. Uh, But yeah, just to give some idea of kind of how widely received. And it's mostly... It's gamers rather than critics, I think, which prop it up in that regard. But single-player was interesting because, of obviously, the plot was introduced so thoroughly. Mm. Uh, it followed all the characters, all the plot and what have you from the movie. But where it really started to get interesting as a console game was the replayability of it. Where you were, pre- first of all, presented each mission with a difficulty uh, level, which was, I believe, agent, secret agent... Or was it something lower than that? But there were three difficulty settings. And once you'd played the game through, on, I believe it was Double O Agent, no, that was the last difficulty level you could unlock. Uh, but Double Agent was the hardest. You know, Enemies shot straight. They didn't go to the Russian <laughs> school of spam fire. At each level, and for completing certain achievements, essentially, in certain missions, you would unlock different cheats and uh, weapons fits, which you could take with you, Uh, into each new mission. And these were things like, you could, you know, James Bond's famous Walther PPK, uh, which in this game was called the PP7, because, you know, Rare couldn't be asked to call Walther and go, hey, can we license the name of your gun? So they just used its likeness and called it a PP7. You could take one of those in each hand, or you could take two silver ones that shot through doors, or you could get (laughs) the golden version of guns. And funnily enough, the golden gun Killed everything with one shot. So, tooling around a closely, like, certain, you know, one mission on a train, you took the golden shotgun and you could kill like eight or nine guys at a time that were piled up so cool. It was cool. But uh, there were also cheats included, like, being able to redo the mission more difficult. Uh, Big head mode. Yay! I've always loved big head mode. Big head mode was awesome. Uh, And at the completion of each mission, regardless of what cheats you used, you were presented with kind of a tally of how well you did you know secret areas hit locations and stuff like that in classic shooter style i mean that was part of doom as well to give you that kind of but how many secrets did you find that was the fun one yeah that was new because previous to this games didn't really track your hit location yeah uh one thing as well as thinking of I'm not sure if it was unique to GoldenEye, but it was certainly rare that GoldenEye had no health pickups. Rare. dumptish. Oh, dumptish. Hush your face. I wasn't going for that. <laughs> you had armor pickups. You could put on new you know, vests of body armor yeah. or what have you. And if you got shot, it would significantly reduce the amount of damage that you took. But there was no health pickups anywhere in the game. If you got hit, that was it. Which makes sense and is believable. Yeah, and, uh, yeah particularly for a James Bond thing. But the really cool thing about, well, at least to me, the hit location tracker is that you could track the number of people you shot in the groin. (laughs) I was going to say, does big head mode make headshots easier? But groin shots were always more fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, headshots were, you just tooled around with a shotgun and what have you, you ruined people's days. But no, groin shots was where it's at. Um, And it was this which just contributed to the massive replayability, because there was time challenges, there was Mm. headshots only... There was you know, going through a level with a certain number of ammo left in your gun. It was insane. The number of ways to go back and re a level. And they were yeah. all entertaining. There was no challenge which felt like you were going through it for no good reason. Especially when you finally unlocked the golden guns. Because they were so cool. <laughs> um, I had something to talk about which was linked to from the body armor thing. Oh, yes, all of Bond's gadgets uh, also make an appearance in both single-player and multiplayer. So things like the laser watch, which allows you to cut through walls and small tables and orphans and whatever else you needed to go through. It was in there. It was also usable as a weapon in multiplayer. But I think off the top of my head, that's pretty much all of... I think I've I've done my dash on the facts. Yeah. Of, of single-player gameplay. So, what do you reckon? Do you, rem- do you remember anything specific that I've kind of missed on that one? I don't, because yeah. I didn't really play it. I do remember one more thing. Goldeneye is largely credited with popularizing zoomable sniper rifles in FPSs. Ah,
1: hmm. Thank you.
0: Again, I'm not sure if it was one of the first, but it is credited as zoom sniper rifles. Goldeneye is what made it cool. Fair play, but no, I do remember when this was out, Mm -hmm. uh, because I remember a friend of mine having an N64, I didn't, and having the game, and everyone losing their shit over it. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is the mid to late 90s we're talking when everyone was playing Goldeneye. Yeah. I was firmly entrenched in the PC shooter. Uh Aha. There was uh, Tribes, there was Doom, there was Quake, there was... You had a couple of years to wait for Half-Life. A couple of years to wait for Half-Life. So we were still in the Twitch gaming hell, or heaven, depending on your opinion, (laughs) that was Quake World. I was playing a lot of Quake World at this time, and also Tribes. So I looked at these people with their... I I didn't like the N64, Mm -hmm. if I'm honest. It was the one that brought you to bipartisanship. It was the one that made me abandon my Nintendo loyalty. Hmm. I thought the controller especially was very Playmobil feeling. That is true. And I saw these people with their ridiculous three-pronged controllers and their <laughs> big bright yellow thumbsticks. And Interestingly, the controller is another sort of thing I wanted to touch on. but hmm. And it is excellent for, in comparison to what came before when hmm. it comes to doing first-person shooters, but it's still... A big plasticky controller. Yeah, on its big, bright, and happy kind of the way the N sixty four sat, just and the sculpting of it made it look kind of childish to me. And then it did you combine kind of that, like a Tonka toy. Yeah, and you combine that with Mario sixty four and that kind of thing, and I just thought it's gone in a direction I don't like. And Goldeneye, admittedly, had nothing to do with that direction. It was, was the N sixty four as a machine. The N sixty four as a machine didn't appeal. And PC gaming was getting so good, I had no interest in consoles in that generation. So I played a couple of games of it, pick up games at university a couple of years after it was out. But by that point, everyone I was playing had been playing for two years. Mm. And I was just sat there going, right, so this is the game where I die immediately. Mm. And I'm at uni where every room in this halls of residence is on a network. I'm in the computer science class, so I have about 30 people available for Quake World matches right now. See you guys. And that was my experience of GoldenEye. I played maybe three or four multiplayer games on a friend's N64 at uni. Really a shame. I think depending on what the... uh, Because I've not seen the, the price of the new GoldenEye. Uh, because this is kind of what makes it relevant. Uh, November second, I believe. So a few days ago now was the uh, the worldwide release of a remake of this classic version of Goldeneye with Daniel Craig as James Bond. Oh, is... that's not an improvement. Why? I don't know. I Why? see. I quite. I'll put my hand up. I quite like Daniel Craig's James Bond.
1: Can you leave now? No, <laughs> you've done your talking. Can you get no. out?
0: no, no, no. I quite like him, but that aside. What they've done for Goldeneye is actually quite interesting. They've updated the plot. They've not just thrown voices and stuff on. They've changed level designs and they've updated the plot because, well, there's stories involving Liens Cossacks, and that would make one of the protagonists 71 years old as of 2010. So they yeah, went, yeah. yeah, let's let's change Goldeneye. Yeah, it's a little bit. Mm, <laughs> it needed to be updated. Yeah. Uh, But I think it's one of the considerations given into the new version of the game, which is kind of like, oh, that's cool. So, I mean, you have a Wii. Depending on the price, I'd at least get a demo. Um, But, yeah, that does bring me into multiplayer. Uh, But the thing I wanted to mention on the controller was it was where I personally first learned the wonderful thing called Strafe. Ah. Because on on controllers up to that point, mm, yeah. that kind of extra input was just wasn't there. Mm. And Goldeneye, to my mind, was one of the first games where you could alter your button configuration, and suddenly mm. those four stupid little plastic C buttons in the corner <laughs> became backwards, forwards, left and right. And you could use the thumbstick for full three hundred and sixty degree line of sight. Yeah. Which became amazing. <laughs> when all your derpy friends had to use the C buttons to look up and down, and you were just naturally with your thumb there picking them off the levels above you. Mm, I can I was, totally see how that would be an advantage. Yeah. And it was what. Because when I first, literally, first picked up an Xbox controller, and someone was like, it's really confusing, Dermot the Burr. And I'm like, no, 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 this is like Goldeneye. Off I went. You <laughs> see, I've, I've been, been really good. strafing for a while at that point. Yeah, because it's a natural thing with all the, um, not analogue, it is, yeah, the, the controller is analogue, isn't it? The thumbsticks are analogue, yes, and yeah. a mouse is also an analogue input as well, so on the keyboard it's always been WASDA and mouse for me. Yeah. WESD. So, in WASD. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, for console gamers, it was something new. Yeah. Not revolutionary, but a nice touch. Um, but multiplayer for Goldeneye, which again, what most people remember it for, was really well. It was a last-minute thing. It wasn't never intended for there to be a multiplayer version. Um, really, the guys, really, really. Okay, that's wow. That's significant. It was yeah. basically uh, Goldeneye was originally the original concept for the game was it was going to be like uh, what was it Virtua Cop or Time Crisis yep. something like that. Yep. It was going to be on, on the rail rails. shooter. Yeah, it's like. No, fuck it that going
2: to be on the We SNES. can do better. Yeah.
0: How did... Oh.
1: <laughs> he is Your right. notes are there. Are <laughs> oh, I know cool. things. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, multiplayer. Yeah, uh, the multiplayer the done uh, like
0: pretty much by one things. guy Yay. who sat in a room and bashed it out. Uh, was that Steve Ellis, by any chance? Are you who, now reading my notes? His yes. quote...
1: Um, Sat in a room with all the code written for a single-player game and turned GoldenEye into a multiplayer game, unquote. There we go. So there we go. <laughs> uh,
0: I had remembered that, and then you guys read it off the screen, so Lol. fuck your noise. David Doak. Yeah, uh, David like Doak. Dr. Doke shows up in the game as a character you have to speak to. Oh, I wanted to see um, As well as the Clob machi- uh, submachine gun, which is named for one of the other developers. But yeah, Can multiplayer Lord. was never supposed to happen. Mm. Um, so, for Stephen Alice, you know, one guy, <coughs> to have basically, well, bashed it together with his knob end, for want of a better descriptor. Wow. That is impressive. Um, I, hats off to the man. Especially considering the leap that the game made from Virtua Cop Bob, yeah, James Bond a little bit. to Goldeneye, this, you know, kind of, it is. Well, I suppose you had Shadows of the Empire, you had Mario 64 and such have you, but it was definitely the shooter yeah. of the N64. Um, and it was so cool. Multiplayer was amazing. With the, all of the abilities that you had to cheat and modify uh, from single player. Well, not cheat, but the modifiers. Things like different weapons you could take, different game modes. Yes, I do remember that from my limited experience. Uh, playing in Golden Gun mode, it um, was it was a mode, wasn't it, where yep. one man had the golden gun, and he could uh, he couldn't pick up anything else. He couldn't wear armor. He couldn't carry, yep. carry anything like that. But, but he had the hit one somebody, hit kill weapon. Yep. And the only way to get the golden gun was to pick take it, up it off, off of that guy. Yep. So um, very similar to Alien Tag. Uh huh. But with the golden gun, I do remember playing that. I was the man with the golden gun. That was just me. <laughs> Once I got the golden gun, I was unstoppable because I looked up and down. I also remember Slappers Only. Slappers Only was dumb. Slappers Only was so dumb because you couldn't, you couldn't kill a person with one hit with a slapper. So you'd walk up behind him and, you'd judo- and it was a retarded. It was <laughs> retarded because it was a proper old school N64 judo <laughs> chop. And you'd swing your hand about like a fuck nut in front of you hoping to catch someone unaware, and you uh... smack in the back of the head. Their reaction was that their vision would blur a little bit, their health bar would flash up, and this pissed-off-looking odd job would spin around and look <laughs> it up at you as if to say, what? And immediately start slapping at you. So basically, it was who could hold down their finger on the trigger long enough to endurance test the other guy into a puddle, and then some prick would sweep in. He'd just jump off of a balcony and slap the last guy across the side of the face and kill him because he was so wounded from the fight with Odd Nut or fucking Jaws. Ah, that was cool. Being able to unlock all the characters in the Mm. henchmen. But I hated slappers only. There was no skill involved. It was like predators stalking the halls waiting for that distinctive sound. So that you could sneak in and beat up the victor. That was the only way to get more points. I hated slappers only. Is that because you usually lost? Yes! <laughs> Pistols only! I was a <laughs> prince! But it also had game modes like, uh, you only live twice. I have to stop you there. What? I was really worried that considering this is your episode about yeah. a game you love. Yeah. I was really worried we weren't going to have a rant this this week. But slappers are so dumb. Considering that That's you could have said. a whole mission where where all you had to do, where all you had was remote mines. You could just mine a door, run around, and you could, it was Mexican standoff. <laughs> just standing on... But slappers were retarded. Like, <laughs> properly divvy.
1: Ah. Oh. Yes, yes, they were.
0: (laughs) Sorry. That was my favourite mode. Why? Because I stood a chance. Because it was... Against people who'd been playing for years, and I was like, I can still slap you to death. But there were um, other weapon sets, pistols only, rifles only, sniper rifles only. One of the fun ones, uh, which would, funnily enough, Soon be mirrored in Halo to some degree. I believe one of the Halo multiplayer abilities is uh, human weapons only or covenant weapons only. Mm. You got that in Goldeneye with. What, um, covenant weapons? No. (laughs) Covenant weaponry. Russian weapons only Mm. or I think MI6 tools. Okay. Um, You had Bond gadgets. So running around laser watching one another in the face. And (laughs) that was fun. That was a lot of fun. But again, multiplayer had. So many um, mods, effectively, so many uh, mutators for a, a console game that it's infinite replayability. It was in true Nintendo style a party game. You got your mates around, you had a couple of drinks, and suddenly GoldenEye happened, and it was 3 a.m., and you had somebody
1: with the controller cord around their throat. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I was six and this was happening to me. What the hell?
0: Yeah, I know. It's unconscionable to imagine that somebody would strangle a six-year-old. But there you have it. That's what Goldeneye does to people. Yeah. Well, I Whilst you were talking, I have found a couple of interesting bits of trivia, one of the which I think you'll be very interested in. Whilst Rare have done a lot of games, right. the team making Goldeneye, it was their first game. There we go. That's what I would have seen. And you read that because David Doak said that in an interview. Okay, he said. There, uh, looking back on it, there were things about Golden I'd be wary of doing now. Uh, but as none of the people working on the code, graphics, and game design had worked on a game before, there was this joyful naivety, <laughs> which I think is a great way of looking at it. And another one was, um, I said earlier, there would possibly be some conflict as to whether this or Time Splitters is the better yeah. uh, four-player split-screen shooter. David Doke was in charge of both. Aha! Uh-huh. He left Rare to start Free Radical. Interesting. So m- clearly, this is a man who gets his split-screen multiplayer action. Yeah, this is a game th- These are games with pedigree. Oh yeah, cool. <laughs> okay, that does clear those both up. I'm glad you found those, because now I don't sound like a rambling fucknut. Well, you do. You just sound like one with some basis in reality. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and that, I mean, in all honesty, that's kind of... Because I could could just go... And there was this one time I was hiding at the bottom of the section... Isn't that what we did with the Halo episode? Yeah. But it's kind of harder for a game which is quite that bit older. Yeah. You know, you can't go, well, I hid up in the vents above the toilet with remote mines beneath me waiting for anybody to poke their head up to try and shoot me. Well, it is worth pointing out just how much was referenced in this game. Because this is one thing I do remember yeah. quite well. Is how many uh, levels, especially in multiplayer, were recognisable from Bond. Not just from Goldeneye. Yeah, they did that on purpose as yeah, well. But there were, were Bond pieces everywhere. Yeah. Then there was the characters. Then there was the uh, Bond girl names littered throughout the, the options. Mm-hmm. There were so many references to a whole franchise. In there, it was a labor of love in that sense. Well, it was one of the things I mentioned about the double-O agent difficulty. Yeah. One of the things you unlocked was a couple of additional missions. Mm. Uh, one of which I forget, uh, but there was one which was in an Aztec temple, which was yeah. basically a Moonraker-styly mission. And it was, it was just two extra bits which had nothing to do with Goldeneye, but as you say, a labor of love, clearly made by fans. Mm. And... it. It's something we come across a lot, that real fans make great games with attention to detail, and Goldeneye is another perfect example of that. Mm -hmm. And I would also just like to mention Perfect Dark. See, I'll I'll admit, Perfect Dark I only ever played a couple of levels of, and I played the multiplayer, and it wasn't great. The multiplayer for Perfect Dark was not as good as original Goldeneye, but... I don't know, I didn't, I didn't seem to get the same sense of warmth and, and satisfaction. Because I wasn't 007. <laughs> and, and if you're playing to be Bond, I can see how that would be a problem. But in terms of gameplay, I think I actually preferred Perfect Dark. Because I played it. I'd really and have to give it a try, I think. One of the things I was going to mention, though, is because it is the same team... One of the unlockables in Perfect Dark is the uh, PP7. Huh. You can unlock the PP7 as a weapon in Perfect Dark, and other Bond weapons, I believe, mm. but there was certainly that one. Cool. So what you're saying is, I can play as Joanna Dark, but once I finish the game and I unlock the PP7, I can go back and I can deliver all of my dialogue with a hilarious <laughs> Scottish accent. You can. And Excellent. also... Uh, The difficulty levels in Perfect Dark were Agent, Special Agent, and Perfect Agent. So it had a a similar Similar theme going on. Cool. And then there's, like, the other game to carry the GoldenEye tag. The other game. Which was kind of deliberately slammed by so many people because they went, you've made a shite game, and you've tagged GoldenEye on there in the hopes that people will buy it. If anyone recalls, GoldenEye Rogue Agent. Oh my god, I was wondering what you were talking about. No, but it was purposely now called. Now you've said yeah, Rogue I Agent because I don't even remember it being called Goldeneye. The- I remember it being called Rogue Agent. Uh, it was, its official title was Goldeneye Rogue Agent. And your code name, it's your character, was Goldeneye. And this made absolutely no sense. And pretty much everybody just looked at the studio and went, guys. You're just calling it Golden Eye, so we remember those three AM throttling sessions, aren't you? And they went, yeah, yeah, it wasn't very good, because the premise is kind of cool. You start out as an MI six agent and you you turn rogue, you yeah, become one of the bad guys, and, and you get hired by Goldfinger. Ah, <sighs> oh. ah. Oh. Who brings the gold element in? The unfortunate smelting accident with your eye. You is <laughs> Golden eye. It's funny because that was the other one. <laughs> Sorry, I just. Ah, oh, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And it's kind of a, a successor to the GoldenEye name. I really. I, I would like to have a go at the, uh, the, the remake of GoldenEye. Yeah, the remake I might have a go on because I'd be interested to see. I, I haven't yet done a shooter on the Wii. Hmm. But I think. I don't want to. Well, I think with the classic gamepad it would be an easier thing than flailing wildly with the zapper Yeah, because it's a two stick. Controller, (gasps) yay! (laughs) Sorry, I'm really excited by that. Shut up. I'll keep playing Call of Duty. Two sticks delights you. Okay, that's good to know. When you put it like that, that, it sounds kind of gay, right? (laughs) Uh, But yes, it is a dual analog controller. That's possibly a more comfortable way of saying it. So it might be a bit easier. Yeah. And I won't be dealing with people who've. I've been playing for, for 300 years. years. Yeah. yeah. Although by now, if it's a perfect remake, I will be dealing with people who've been playing it for 300 years. Well, it's not a perfect remake, because obviously they've changed a great deal of things. Uh, one thing they have quite proudly put their hand up to say yeah. is all of the original cheats and modifiers <laughs> are still in there. See, this is what I'm saying. It would be a, a, a foolhardy team that messed with the multiplayer. Oh, yeah. And that's the bit I'm worried about everyone having experience in. I'd really play it just to see how single-player pans out. That's probably what I'm going to do. I liked... That was really what made Goldeneye for me, Mm. was the the single-player mission, the plot, and the replayability. So, yeah. Well, if I'm not looking to get it for multiplayer, then it can be a rental. Yeah. So I will play Goldeneye on the Wii. Cool. Um, Thinking of things that you will play, uh, just a quick update on Jack. (laughs) He is... Just about to finish Majora's Mask. Oh, he's actually doing. Oh, he—he he was he? deadly serious. Oh. I think I, oh, I, I think our listeners may have um, may have got the wrong end of your Jack. your co-host may have got the wrong end of Jack. Yeah, I uh, thought he was kidding. No, he—he's definitely not kidding. Uh, to the point where he's actually ordered a copy of Wind Waker off okay. of eBay. Okay, he's committed. Oh, he is—he has, has gone into this like a bull a gate. Uh, <laughs> and I—I I, I just want to say. He is still doing it, guys. So when, you all, when he threw down and I could hear those, are oh, yeah, alright, from those around me, I thought, no, no, no. I'm the man to report on how this is going. And he, he really is committed to playing through all of the Zelda games. Well, Then I think Ari can rest assured that there will be Zelda blatherings. No, Twilight Princess. Uh, he's got the GameCube edition coming into the house as well. Uh-huh. Which is now worth stupid amounts of money, if I recall correctly, because it was one of the last games made for the GameCube. Yep, because it was a dual mm-hmm. release on the mm-hmm. game GameCube and Wii. I've got the Wii one. It was fun. Interesting fact. He did bring that up, thinking about... I, I know we're straying away from Goldeneye, but to go back to the Zedler episode for a moment, <laughs> yeah. in every other game except for Twilight Princess, Link is left-handed. But in on the Wii for on twilight wii Princess, version, he is right-handed because predominantly people will be right-handed using the wii mote so swinging your sword around like a i want to say spastic little gremlin with the wii mote cuz i i can't get it i can't get behind the wii mote as a serious controller <laughs> it is stupid uh, no i don't think it's stupid i just think I it's do. early days for the technology uh, wii motion plus adds a lot to it does it yes um it refines the accuracy and actually makes it almost one-for-one movement control rather than a vague direction sense. <laughs> but I don't have that, so... Okay, uh, but that's that's that does cool. change it quite a lot, and that's when Sony started looking at it and, with envious eyes and drew their plans against us and made the move.
1: Drew their plans against us? Wait, the, wait. Uh,
0: That was a quotation from War, uh, War of the Worlds. Oh, okay. You're 12, what is this? Um, it's uh, The move, the PlayStation move, the two ones with the ping pong balls on. Yeah. Yeah, that is yeah, that shit. Yep. And Microsoft, of course, have made the Kinect. Which, again, I think it's early days. I have a theory on that. It's grassroots. At the te- we're, at the, we're at the beginning of this as consumer technology. I have a long-standing theory on Kinect, and it is just that. That yeah. they're using the high price in the game arena to offset the costs of research and development for what will sit on top of a monitor or sit in the top of a laptop and log you in with face identity. Yeah, That's where this is going, and gamers are just being used as a, a little... profit um, leader. Yeah. Which is, this is precisely my thing, I like spending money for technology I think is going to go somewhere. Mm. I'd, in terms of Kinect, I'd rather wait for something that will actually do me any good. Yeah. I can't see an appeal to a single Kinect game yet. I don't want to stand... I think Uh, there's a limited uh, value in standing in my living room and dancing around like a dickhead. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That's why the Wii doesn't appeal to me. To be honest, I can have as much fun dancing like a dickhead in my living room without a Kinect as I could with. You add some booze into that and you've got a (laughs) fucking righteous Saturday night. But yeah, I think... There's nothing else that comes specifically to mind about GoldenEye, so... No, but to round this into a nice little finish for us, there is, of course, another Bond game due out soon, uh, which available one? on Steam. Yep. Oh, no, it has been released now. Oh, has that now been released? Yep. Uh, James uh... Bond Bloodstone. And I remember you saying it looked not terrible. I gotta... I, I mean, I'm not the type to normally pay much stock on trailers, but I also looked into this a little bit, because I was like, no, that can't be. That looks like a good Bond game. And you know <laughs> they come across so rarely. that well, like we haven't Star had Trek one games. since Goldeneye. Right. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. From Russia with Love. Arguably. I loved that game. But, alright. Uh, go check out the trailers for James Bond Bloodstone, because it is written by the guy who did... Um, was it Tomorrow Never Dies, and... I think it was Goldeneye. It's got the composer for... Um, Casino Royale... Uh, it's, it's the latest composer. It's got Daniel Craig. It has Dame Judy Dench. Which is in its favour. That is cool. Um, and basically, it is a completely new Bond story. Um, and it's third person... It looks pretty good and the way the gameplay works is that this is from a studio which has done racing games up to this point.
2: Interesting.
0: And, oh, no, no, because no, this is what made it really cool because one of the things really missing from most Bond games is a good car chase. Yeah. I, I wasn't saying interesting in a bad way. Yeah I, yeah, I My mind went immediately to car chase. Because every Bond movie, every good Bond movie has an awesome car chase. Yeah. Significant portion of the trailer is the car chase gameplay. Cool. Looks like these guys have got, they've got a good Bond game and they've just garnished it with, you know, <laughs> what they know, which is car games. Yeah. And it's like, no, that doesn't look awful. Hmm. I'd be really interested. I'm going to pick up the demo if they release one. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Bond game, cool. And its new Bond plot, which, with the collapse of MGM, we may have to scrabble and scrape for where we can get it. <laughs> um, yeah, just something to be aware of on Steam. Uh, currently that, retailing at twenty nine ninety nine. So, yeah, £30 that would be pounds. for a new game. Yeah, £30 yeah. Pounds for a new game. Uh, I forget that we have uh, listeners overseas. That's Probably a, more than we have domestically. I know, it's weird, isn't it? Um, Not to say our listeners overseas are weird, but it is weird that there are people outside of England who can listen to us for more than 20 minutes at a stretch. I'm scared. (laughs) But that said, I I, um, thought the latest Bond film was okay now. Um, I think MGM has potentially found a buyer. Yeah. But it's uh, Eon, who are the guys who own the rights to Bond, and I think they are the ones who are... It's worth investigating. I would actually like to know, off the top of my head, whether or not um, E.ON have allowed the use of James Bond for Bloodstone, because if so, it's canon. Hmm. I imagine they couldn't make it without E.ON giving the okay.
1: Huh. Well, there's going to be some very interesting lawsuits. Oh, oh there's going, going to be there. some
0: very interesting lawsuits, if they have done it without permission... To be fair, they've got Daniel Craig and Dame Judy Dench. I don't think they'd have paid either of those two without knowing, first of all, if they were going to get to go ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> More to the point, I don't think either of them would have done it if it hadn't been official. Yeah. And dude, Dame Judy Dench! How cool is she? She's She got even cooler when she learnt to play D&D. I was going to say yeah. that. <laughs> On the set of Chronicles of Riddick. With Vin motherfucking Diesel. He we taught her. Vin Diesel. Yeah, how cool is that? World 1 stage 1 We love Vin Diesel We do it's We love official. James D.D. Dench Yep Who else do we love? Robin Williams Robin Williams We love Robin Williams uh, Chris Barry That's true yeah, yep. we do love Chris Can't fault um, that Robert Llewellyn Robert Llewellyn Quite Yep him. We love yeah. him Anyway this... <laughs> Before we get into a list of things <laughs> we like <laughs> People we like A whole show There we go <laughs> True story uh, So Is that All? I I can't think of anything else Anyway, this has been a very special World 1 stage one. I was Troy. I was going to wrap up. No, go on. So, GoldenEye, (laughs) uh, changed shooters on consoles, Mm -hmm. absolutely genre redefining, I won't argue with that, is definitely one of the most belovedly remembered multiplayer experiences, not necessarily of my life or Mike's, but... I hear it from enough people I know to know this was a hell of a game to be involved with. Yeah, and is getting a re-release soon, so you can all check it out for yourself. If not through N sixty four emulation or, oh sorry, uh, second hand copies and vintage game shops that'll sell you consoles. Yes, do that. But for now, I have been Troy.
1: I have been quiet, <laughs> and I have been Simon. Good night.
0: DICK! DICK!
1: <laughs> that was
0: World 1 Stage 1. Visit our website at worldnumber1stagenumber1.com. Join our forum, send us an email. Or follow us on Twitter at W1S1. And, of course, our thanks go to Power Glove for our theme tune.